Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Mark, if you haven't worked that out already. And uh, you're so welcome here with us uh, this morning, Lagan Valley Vineyard. I'm continuing on our series, Making uh, Room for More. We've been looking at that over the last few weeks, and we'll conclude that one uh, next week. It's, uh, it's been a week of a kind of mixed emotions. If you've uh, followed the news this week, we had the high yesterday of uh, Ireland winning the Grand Slam. <laughs> yes, uh, some of us were here yesterday afternoon and we thoroughly uh, enjoyed that uh, match. Made all the sweeter by beating England, of course, so that I kind of was made the icing on the cake. Sorry, is Simon here this morning? No, he's not. No, I couldn't show up in shame. <laughs> But we also, don't even follow the news, there's a few celebrities uh, uh, actually died this week, and uh, one in particular who kind of symbolized the importance of knowledge and mathematics and became like kind of an unlikely icon of our popular culture. And of course, I'm talking about Jim Bowen. (laughs) If you're under 40, you will not have a clue what I'm talking about. Jim Bowen was the legendary presenter of Bullseye. It was a darts program. It was like a quiz and darts show in the 80s. And I absolutely loved uh, Bullseye. Say, if you're under 40, you'll not know what I'm talking about, but I highly recommend you go onto uh, YouTube and Google uh, Bullseye and have a look. It was just a, it was a legendary show. And honestly, I had a genuine tinge of sadness when I heard that Jim Bowen had died this week. Because I have very fond memories of Sunday afternoon, sitting with my dad in our living room, watching Bullseye, which is kind of one of those things that we did uh, together every week on a Sunday afternoon. And I sort of fond memories uh, of that show. Whenever anyone in, uh, in the public realm or the public eye dies, there's always a lot of talk about their life and their achievements and ultimately uh, people talk about their legacy what they have left behind or what they pass on after they have died and whether that's in the area of kind of science and understanding like Stephen Hawking who who also died this week or in the form of a game show uh, like Jim Bowen or comedy like like Ken Dodd uh, who also died this week people leave a legacy and once people die they begin to explore that legacy talk about that legacy talk about the impact that they've made and the things that they've left behind, and the things that we remember uh, them for. And of course, it's not just celebrities that leave a legacy. All of us will leave a legacy. That's not an option. We don't have a choice in leaving a legacy, but we do have a choice in what type of legacy that we leave. And our legacy is defined and it's shaped by the choices that we make in our lives. We don't have a choice in what type of, in leaving a legacy, but we do have a choice in what type of legacy that we leave. And it all comes down to our choices. How we choose to invest our time, how we choose to invest our resources, and how we choose to invest in others and in the world around us. We have a choice in how we live now. And the truth is that the choices that you are making and that I'm making right now are creating and they're shaping the legacy that we're going to leave behind. What we do now, the choices that we make, are creating and shaping our legacy and the impact that we have. If you're younger, you're probably thinking, well, you know, I'm too young to worry about legacy, about that stuff. I'll, I'll leave legacy until I'm way old and nearly dead, and I'll sort of worry about it then. I'm far too young to worry about it now. 
And it's true that ultimately we leave our final legacy when we die. But here's the thing. We're leaving a legacy at every stage of our lives. At every stage of our lives, we leave a legacy. When you leave school, you leave a legacy behind. And what will that look like? There's an interesting question. What's some of the legacies that we left whenever we left school? How will you be remembered? What difference are you making and where you are now? Are you contributing? Are you making the most of opportunities? What are you doing now that's shaping your legacy where you are? You know, this just stuff doesn't just start when you get old. You know, in 10 years' time, when you look back, what will people say about you based on the way you're living your life now, the way you're living your life today, and what you're leaving, and what are you leaving behind to the various stages of your life? through school, maybe through college, through your work, in your family, and in your friends and the people that you engage with and interact with around your life. We're always leaving a legacy, and we're always shaping a legacy, and we're always, what we do now and the choices that we make are defining what we become and what we leave behind and what people remember us for. You know, we all want to make a difference, don't we? We all want to be remembered. We all want to think that what we do contributes somehow to making the world a better place. And much of that is determined by how we invest, the things that we invest in, how we invest our time, how we invest our money, how we invest our energy, and how we invest our resources. We really want those things to count. We want those things to make a difference. We want what we do to make a difference. We want them to last, that go beyond just making choices now. What we do, we want it to last and be remembered. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 15, verse 16. The guys, can you throw it up on the screen there? It says this. No, it doesn't. (laughs) That's something seriously not right there. <laughs> is that right? Is that like 15, 16? Did I give you the wrong verse? Say that again? That's definitely another verse I was thinking of. They long to fill it. No, that's definitely not. Forget about that one. Yeah, that's definitely not. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Somebody get the right verse. <laughs> it, said, it said this. You, sh- you, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Somebody can get the right verse there. Somebody knows the Bible better than me. <laughs> you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So if you're following Jesus, if I'm following Jesus, you're called to be fruitful. Okay? That's part of the deal. If we give our lives to Jesus, if we open our lives to him, allow him to work in our hearts, then we're called to be fruitful to partner with God during the short time that we live on this earth to make a difference and to invest our lives and our resources in things that will last. And I think that's like a perfect definition of legacy. Legacy is fruit that lasts, fruit that lasts beyond our lives, fruit that lasts beyond the time that we're here, fruit that will last both while we journey through our various stages of life as we grow up and ultimately, finally, when uh, we die and leave this earth, we leave a legacy. And are we building and are our lives developing fruit that will last beyond the time that we are here? 
We are called to bear or produce fruit that will last. The only slight problem I have with this analogy of fruit is that if you think about it, fruit is actually one of those things that doesn't last, isn't it? Anyone who's forgotten about a piece of fruit or maybe left it sitting in a drawer in work for any length of time, you'll know that it doesn't last and it goes very bad uh, very quickly. At times, I can't tell you the amount of times I've got into my car and noticed a really bad smell and then found a piece of rotting fruit, fr- fruit onto this chair, onto the seat that my kids have left there, sort of abandoned from weeks ago. So fruit does actually decay and it goes bad. But there's a couple of important things I want to kind of remember and help us understand this. The first thing is that God has established in creation a cycle of death before life, okay? Death before life. What do I mean by death before life? Well, a piece of fruit, I have brought a piece of fruit with me in true Peter style, a piece of fruit within this fruit contains the seed or seeds that have potential to create more fruit. So if I take this apple, contained within this apple are the elements of life that create more fruit and basically the seeds. The thing is, while they're still inside this apple, they cannot create more fruit. They're just sitting there. They only have potential. And for this apple to produce more fruit, two things need to happen. First, the apple needs, the seeds need to be released from inside the apple. And secondly, they need to be planted in the right environment, in the right soil to germinate and grow. So I leave this apple sitting for long enough, eventually it will die, and once that happens, the seeds will be released, and if they're released in the right environment, eventually they'll grow to produce more fruit. And so the process goes on and on. If I leave this apple sitting in the glove box of my car, which has happened on occasions, it certainly will die and it will decay, and the seeds will be released, but they won't grow into more fruit because it's not the right environment to promote growth. And the same thing is happening in you and the same thing is happening in me. God has planted in us and given us the seeds that have the potential to grow and produce significant fruit. But like the apple, these seeds need to be released. They need to get out. And they also need the right environment to grow. But the problem is that releasing process, that part where the seeds come out or the dying part, well, it can be kind of hard. And it can require sacrifice. And it can require us to submit ourselves to a process that may not be that easy at times. It may not seem that uh, even it may not even seem that good for us at times but there's a process involved whenever we die that releases uh, something in it because there's parts of me that I really need to let die I need to let my ego die more I need to let my greed my selfishness my stubbornness my jealousy my gathering all I, I can for myself 
I need to let those things die, and that's not easy because there's things that are that I hold on to, those things that I that I value, those things that are part of me that I I like and I hold on to, and I don't want to let go. And letting the process of that happen can seem difficult, and I'm not sure if I want to go down that road. And all of those things happen whenever we're asked to give up something that we hold. It's difficult at times, and it causes a sacrifice. But it's only when those things die that they have the potential to give way to the life of God in me, which reaches beyond me and has an impact on the world around me. I'm going to try another scripture to see if I got that one right. Matthew 16. Yes. Wow. Okay. Back on track. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus calls us to a life of sacrifice. Whenever we deny ourselves, and in doing that, something is released in us. John 12, 24 says, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What we do with our lives matters. Not just while we're here in this earth or for while we're here in this earth, but also it has eternal implications and that's a really big thought what we do here really matters and Jesus Jesus is calling us to choose wisely and to invest in things that matter because not only do they form the legacy that we leave behind but they also have an eternal impact it's about here and in eternity Those are kind of big concepts and so often we get focused in on our everyday and we look at the world around us and the time around us and we don't think beyond where we are now but the choices and the things that we're doing now have an eternal impact and the things that we invest in, the things that we pour our lives into, the things that we get involved in have an eternal impact. So we're called to choose wisely and to invest wisely. A great life and a great legacy is defined how we've changed the life of others. A great legacy is built through sacrifice, dying to our own desires and wants, preferring others, living beyond ourselves and investing in the things that matter. That is what lasts. That is legacy. And that's what we take into eternity. Really, really important concepts. Whenever uh, Yvette, my wife, and I got married, God uh, spoke to us quite clearly about some things. There's, there's some things he, he, he told us whenever uh, we got married and some things that he had for us. And one of the things that God said to us right at the start of our marriage was uh, this phrase, travel light. So God asked us to travel light. And that's worked itself out in our relationship, in our marriage, in a number of different ways. One of the ways in which that has worked out and we live this out in a relationship is not holding grudges or holding on to resentment 
or bitterness after we argue or the odd time maybe when we fall out or have an argument it does happen i promise you so when we do disagree or when we do fall out or have an argument we're pretty quick to let it go we're very quick to move on to to forgive each other and not to carry baggage and not to carry things with us that will affect our relationship going forward it's been really really good and we work really really hard at this and it's something that we carry with us and we treasure and it's been a real kind of key to our relationship i think and, and the success of our marriage we've been really quick to forgive and that's been really helpful over the years the other area that god spoke us, to us about uh, in our lives in the area of traveling light was in money and finances and right at the start of our marriage we both agreed on a commitment that we wouldn't get into debt as far as we could help it and the choices that we made we wouldn't get into debt uh, and that's something that we really hold strongly to it's a real core value for us uh, as a couple so apart from our mortgage uh, we don't have any other debt and even our, on our mortgage you know we've worked pretty hard over the years to kind of get that down and we're well below any sort of salary to mortgage ratio so we, we, we it's affordable to us and we kind of manage that well so apart from a mortgage we really don't have any other debt that that's meant over the years that you know if we couldn't afford something then we wouldn't buy it or we wouldn't get it on credit and we tend to hold on to things uh, lightly over the years that doesn't mean that we don't don't have stuff uh, we have plenty of stuff uh, we have things like everything everybody else you know there's plenty of stuff in our house there's probably far too much stuff in our house and as two other people have joined our family journey our two kids we have more stuff uh, than ever and it's a real challenge to kind of to manage that as we go forward and we look at a state of our bedroom floors we think we have far too much stuff because you can't even see them it's spread it's spread everywhere but it is still one of the things that we value really really highly in our family and in our relationship and one of the benefits of traveling light over the years that has given us the privilege uh, to be generous uh, with our finances and with our giving and an interesting thing as well it's also given us the ability to choose that because i know at times if if we're up to rising debt if we're trying to pay off this and that that we don't actually have the choice that the bank or the credit card has a choice for us so we tried really hard and we've worked really hard in our relationship and in our family to stay out of debt so that we do have the choice what we do with our money before we were married both of us tithe so we've kind of brought that into our marriage we've right from the start we give away 10 percent of our income to God primarily always to the local church that we've been part of we've been planted in I kind of settled the issue of tithing like 20 25 years ago uh, I believe it's biblical I believe it's been obedient and I th believe it should go to the local church so that's something that we've done it just it's a bit of a no-brainer for us now we we've done it our whole marriage we continue to do it and to be honest we don't even consider that money as ours it just that comes out every month that goes to to God that's that's just uh, something that we do but over the years we've also had the privilege of of giving uh being able to go over and above that over and above tithing and we've had the privilege of being able to be generous uh, to give sacrificially and to invest in the lives of others i'm not telling you this today to try and kind of think i'm anybody great but it's something that we really value and it's something that we carry with us 
And it does mean sacrifice at times. It's been slightly risky at times when we've really stepped out beyond our comfort zone and gone, okay, this isn't really logical what we're doing here, but we've taken a risk. But the fruit and the rewards of doing that have been incredible. They've been amazing what we've seen. The privilege that we've seen God do with some of the gifts that we've given is phenomenal. And it is, it's so true that it's better to give than receive. We've had the opportunity to do that over the years. And it's something that we, we treasure deeply. Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Jesus says this, and it really challenged me. He says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's such a challenge in few verses. What are you investing in? What am I investing in? Am I investing in things that will last, things that have eternal value? Are I investing all of my time and my resources in things that will fade or degrade or slip away? These verses really challenge me to look at where is my treasure? What am I doing with it? What am I investing my money in? If I look at where I spend my money, what things do I really value? It's a really challenging question, and, and it works two ways. It works like this. If you want to see what's important to you, what things you value the most, then follow your money trail. It's a really good thing to do. And see, see where it ends up. That's the first thing. If you want to see what's important to you, look where you spend your money, and it'll tell you very quickly where your heart is. It also works the other way. If you want to get a heart for something, then invest in it. It works that way as well. Over time, your heart will follow your money. Anybody who invests in stocks and shares, if you have no interest in it, if you invest in it, you will be on your phone every day checking where they are. If we invest in something, then suddenly we get a heart for it and we get an interest in it. So I decided to do something. I knew I was going to speak on this today. And in the spirit of honesty, uh, which we had from Hannah, it was fantastic. Thank you, Hannah, for, for sharing what you did. It was so good. I decided to give this a go this week, and I had a little look at where I spend my money and what I spend my money on. So I'm going to give you three or four things that I spend my money on. I'll show you uh, where my... It's, it's so true. This, I, I promise you, it's so true. If you want to know where your heart is, look where you spend your money. So over the last few years, one of my biggest investments, apart from like everyday living, like food and light and heat and all that sort of stuff, like clothes, you know, things that don't really, you know, that we have to do, that we can't live without. So one of the biggest ones over the last few years for me has been paying off my mortgage, okay? And I'm quite happy with that, actually. That was okay. I was happy enough seeing that one because uh, it's a value of ours. To be debt-free is something that's really important to us, so I'm okay in putting money into uh, my mortgage, so I'm okay with that one. The other one was travel and holidays, which I'm okay with as well. We like to travel. I think it's good, you know it's really good for us as a family to get away. Uh, I love to ski, so we've been skiing for the last few years. The family got this part from a vet. Everybody in the family got to ski this year. It's something that we value and we love. So I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with some of our money uh, going towards travel and holidays. The other one that I, I noticed I've written down is mountain biking. <laughs> 
and I got sucked into that world, tell you. Anybody into mountain biking? 500 quid for a pedal, seriously? That's true, honestly. But I'm okay with that. I enjoy it. It's something I relax in, and it's like uh, something I enjoy, so I'm okay with that. And it shows where my heart is. It really does. Like, it's something I enjoy. It's something I'm passionate about. Therefore, I spend my money on it, so that's good. So let's, let's, let's get down to the interesting one, okay? If some of you don't know, uh, Vet and I and Andrew and Dana, uh, we, we planted this church uh, five, about, just about five years ago. So I was really interested to see, am I invested in this place? Am I just up here whenever I do it, not so often now, but every now and again when I'm up here, am I just saying things and that's it, just not really following through? Is my heart in it or am I just a hypocrite? Am I just saying things but not living it out? Now, I kind of wrestled with this all week, and I'm not actually going to tell you the figure, because that, I think that might be distracting. Some of you will think, wow, that much, and other people will think, is that all? So the figure is not helpful, and I'm not going to tell you. But what I want to say is that over the last few years, between tithes and giving, I have given a a really significant amount of my income, of our finances to Lagan Valley Venue. I'm talking a really significant amount. Really significant. And a couple of things to put that into context. I need you to know that in Western terms, okay, I'm not talking about in the global terms. In Western terms, I'm not a wealthy person. Yeah, I've got a pretty, I've got a half-decent job. I've got a pretty good salary. But I don't have any investments. I've pretty limited savings to be honest just trying to keep a, a few thousand just to for a rainy day i don't have very little savings and when i look and it shocked me in a good way when i looked what i have been able to invest and give in this place over the last few years was unbelievable it was like it really was unbelievable and i am so thankful and i feel so blessed by god that I've been able to do that. It actually blew me away a bit. I sat and went, wow, that is, that's unbelievable. That setting those kind of principles in place in our lives, traveling light, being able to have the choice of where we spend our money, I've been able to invest in this place a significant, a significant amount of money. And that really encouraged me, actually. It really encouraged me. It, it shows where my heart is. And when I, when I went through that list, there was pretty much everything on there I, could, I couldn't argue with. There was no real surprises. But it has cost. You know, it has, it does cost. You know, there's things that we've had to deny ourselves over the years. I've had to make some choices to let go of my own wants and the things that I would desire, the things that I would really like, like a new car and things like that, you know. But I've been able to release resources into God's kingdom in the most amazing way. And to see what God has done in this place over the last five years. The lives that have been impacted. The stories of people finding life, finding hope, finding freedom. Stories of families being changed. Stories of bodies being healed, of broken hearts being made whole, of hope being restored. We've had the privilege of helping people in need, helping people in crisis, helping people get their lives back in track. Our impact has grown, our influence has grown, and our hearts have grown. 
And God has done something truly amazing in this place. He has been gracious to us. And we kind of feel like we're just getting started. We kind of feel like we're just getting started. God has so much more that he wants to do through us. That he's shown us his favor. He has spoken some significant things over us in the last while. He has plans for us that are significant. And the influence that we have and will continue to have is only growing. But making room for more costs. Making room for more costs. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. And this morning, I want to challenge you and I want to call you to invest. If you call this place home, to invest in what God is doing here. To invest your time, your resources, and to invest your money in what God is doing here. We have big dreams, we have big plans, but they all need a bigger budget to be able to fulfill those. I'm investing here, I'm investing my life and my finances because I believe I'm investing in significant legacy. I think we're building a legacy. I'm investing here because I believe that I'm storing up treasures in heaven. I believe that what I invest here has eternal value. And also I believe that it's good soil. That when I plant a seed here, that it is a good environment, that I'm going to see growth and see fruit produced, not only in my my life, but in the lives of others and in the life of our city. Fruit that will last. It's very different than we were five years ago now. And our rules have all changed. It's kind of, I've much less to do with the day-to-day activities, which is great because I have a very busy job, so I don't really have time to do that. And our staff have grown, and that's been fantastic. And probably for Dana and me, the most we've kind of been released into what God has for us in our everyday roles. But I am 100% invested in this place. And actually, the really interesting thing for me is, as I invest my finances, it feels like I'm as much involved, if not more than ever, Because I'm putting my finances in here. I'm planting seed in here. I'm putting my life down in here. And that's one of the things actually that that my rule is at the minute. I get to invest. I get to invest in what God is doing in this place. And it's really significant. There's so much more to come. And I'm encouraging you and calling you to invest. To make that more happen. Making room for more. Is going to cost us more. You know, Andy's been saying over the last few weeks that big hearts change the world. And I know that big hearts are generous hearts. And I know there's some really big, generous hearts in this place. We've seen it every time we've moved. When we moved to uh, the Civic Center, when we moved to Home Park, when we moved here, we've seen your generosity. And we've seen God provide incredibly over the years. You are a generous people. And God is calling us to generosity and to invest in things that will last. And that's my challenge uh, to you today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, your faithfulness to us. 
Lord, I thank you that you are provide, our provider, that everything we have comes from you, Lord. Thank you that we all can testify to your goodness and to your provision, Lord. And Lord, out of that, I pray that you would give us hearts to respond to you. Lord, would you give us hearts that are generous? Would you give our hearts that are freely give, Lord, because you have given so much to us? And Lord, I pray you'd release that amongst us, God. You'd help us to make those choices uh, that will help us, enable us to be more generous. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you, Lord, that really we just feel like uh, we're just starting on this journey. So, Lord, we invite you to into everything that we do. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the testimonies that we've heard. Thank you for the lives that have been changed. And we're so expectant and we're so excited for what you want to do and the things that you're going to do. So, Lord, we just say that your kingdom come. Uh, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we celebrate and we say that we love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for all uh, that you've done. Thank you, Jesus.